Hey, people, this is T-Dub Sucks, and it's Sunday, 3.10 p.m., and I'm sitting in my bedroom in Toronto. So, this is my first attempt at uh, an actual podcast. Um, I wanted to actually talk a little bit about Canada because I hardly ever go into YouTube, but I uh, do follow comedians like Bill Burr, and I just got into listening to Tim Dillon, who's a really funny guy. So Tim Dillon was doing a show with, um, I don't know, two guys that seemed kind of vacuous that um, were boxing, and they're talking about a guy called Fousey, who, I don't know how those guys even operate. I guess someone likes them, but um, then they're talking about how they met Tim Dillon, and it was on a podcast hosted by a guy called Theo Vaughn, so I went to listen to that, and then I saw uh, a little bit about Canada, so Theo Vaughn had just gone up to Canada, and he was talking about how Canada is so chilled out and non-judgmental and so, you know, nice, and everyone there is so good, so... Being up in Toronto and having the name T.Sucks, I feel I should address some things about Canada that the rest of the world is uh, kind of ignorant towards. Um, Canada is way more insidious in terms of the systemic framework that's in place here where people have no idea how racist the uh, country is actually and um, how they're being manipulated to a far greater extent than Americans. Um, so one thing Canada is really good at is uh, showing the world a kind of nice face. But Canada is really exploitive. Uh, they've been exploited people since the dawn of time and in a way smarter way. So, we, you know, if you compare Canada, let's just talk about multiculturalism. That's the um, system in place or the kind of philosophy that Canadians or Canada has in terms of uh, how it's, it views its citizens and they support or follow what's known as a multicultural uh, society or framework or philosophy as opposed to a melting pot society in the US. So in the US, Americans are very patriotic because they're American first and if they come from another country, recent immigrants and they have a kind of a, uh, still a, a holding to that identity, they're still American Pakistani or American Iranian or um, you know, they could be American, uh, Nigerian, but they still, if you ask them who they are, they'll be like, I'm American, but I'm from Nigeria. But in Canada, we have what's known as multiculturalism. So their melting pot means everybody goes in together, but they're all in the same stew. That stew is called America, but there's, you know, Nigerians are the carrots and, uh, people from, um, Cambodia, uh, the onions, etc., etc. But the stew overall is America. In Canada, we don't really have a, a national identity like that. We have um, 
the system of multiculturalism in place where everyone is allowed to maintain and uh, take part in and celebrate and identify their original uh, culture before they call themselves Canadians. So you have Tamil Canadians or French Canadians or Pakistani Canadians or Nigerian Canadians. So, uh, you know, for example, in Scarborough, which is a suburb in the city of Toronto where I live, they originally had a lot of Tamils who came in in the 90s and they were allowed to have, yeah, I mean, encouraged to have their own to, to to follow their own their, their identity from back home and their culture so um, you know there's a lot of Tamil temples Hindu temples but Tamil specific in Scarborough uh, but what that creates in Canada and um, you know most of the immigrants are unaware of it because they celebrate the fact that they're allowed to maintain their identity is it creates and fosters ethnocentrism so each individual culture um, from the outside, it looks like everyone's mingling and is very inclusive, encouraging, and very uh, kind of like uh, aware of and um, you know is 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 learning a lot about other cultures because of the mix. But that's not the reality. Um, multiculturalism creates ethnocentrism. So in Scarborough, for example, in my immediate neighborhood, there's a mix of Indians from India um, but among the Indians there's a separation there's Punjabi Indians and there's Gujarati Indians and there's Goan Indians right so they might be Indians but amongst each little group or little fractal they still different from each other and still view themselves better than a certain group or view themselves as inferior to a certain group or not really find a certain group kind of uh, challenging or kind of irritating. So Tamils, for example, in Malvern, in Scarborough, think they're better than Jamaicans. Um, they think they have a better culture, better language, oldest, older language, they're very proud of themselves. And so they might live next door to Jamaicans, but they'll never support Jamaicans because they're Tamil Canadian, different from Jamaican Canadian. Um, so. For example, Greeks don't like the Italians. And they have little, little neighborhoods all over Toronto. So everyone might work together from 9 to 5, but they go home to their people. And you see it in Toronto in developing identities of, of, of youngsters too. In elementary school, everyone is together. But when they, when they hit puberty and go to high school, they start to separate into cliques and groups that usually is them finding their own identity or realizing that they're different from their friends now because they become old and more aware of you know social issues and and demographic separations so jamaican guys start hanging around with each other in high school and the greeks start hanging around with each other and um you know you might get the odd individual who's in amongst the other crew but still they have to conform to the norms of the Greek crew. So if you get a you know Tamil guy hanging around with a couple of Greek guys, he's still that's that's a Greek crew, and it's a Tamil guy hanging around with the Greek guys. So, um, for example, in Malvern here we had a uh, you know the elections came up, so the member of parliament 
for the federal parliament that got elected is a guy called Gary Anand the Sangaree, who's a Tamil guy. Yet, basically, this this neighborhood Melbourne is predominantly Jamaican, has a Jamaican heritage. They were here before the Tamils got here, but because Tamils were in this poorer part of Melbourne initially, but moved into a richer new neighborhood that's created in the north. Um, just a little further up from the original Malvern, but still included in that segment that's going to vote for the Member of Parliament. And so the Jamaican candidate lost because all the Tamils here want to have an identity um, in Parliament to say, hey, we're represented, we're, we're, we're becoming someone important. But really, Gary Anand Sengri, um, you know, is not a good representative. Right? What does he do? He's just a, he's just a f politician, right? He's a real estate uh, lawyer before. He's been uh, grooming himself for this position for a while and uh, got in because all the immigrants vote liberal. He was running for liberal, but certain other people could have taken much better care of the community than he does. I don't see him doing anything. He's just furthering his own bullshit and uh, probably going to get in trouble for saying that but i don't care that's the truth so multiculturalism is a way of keeping people apart even though they think they're together and the people in power who are holding high positions of political influence wealth etc right can easily manipulate the groups because they never support each other for example in sri lanka when the uh, war, the civil war there between the Tamils and the Sinhalese was coming to an end. The, uh, the Tamil Tigers were guerrilla armies representing, fighting for an independent state in the north of Sri Lanka. The war was coming to an end and Tamils were, were uh, the minority in Sri Lanka were facing lots of persecution and uh, genocide was, was happening, but um, no one in, in federal politics in Canada wanted to support them. So Tamil community had a huge kind of like demonstration downtown and no one else from any other community they were all s supportive but no one was at that demonstration unless you know if, if it's a Greek guy married to a Tamil girl he was there but you didn't see all these other people that were saying oh it's really bad you know in their local city councils and stuff none of them came for the demonstration and uh, the Tamil demonstration they got a little wild and they walked onto the garden expressway which is like a highway and people were bitching right i from all over toronto you, you know you could see all these comments in social media uh, i'd heard about them you know it's like oh you know what the fuck right they should respect canada you know don't bring your problems from back home well isn't that counter to the whole philosophy of multiculturalism and so what you 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 know, you couldn't get off that the Garden Expressway, and you had, you know, you went to, uh, you went home two hours late that one day, and you like bitching because everyone in Toronto is selfish, thinks about themselves, pretends to, um, you know, mingle with other people, but know very little about other cultures. It's only in Scarborough, where I live, that that you have, um, you know, Canadian, your, your your older, you know, wasp Canadian guy who actually has hung around with Tamil guys because they've worked in blue-collar jobs together in restaurants and things like that. But if you go downtown to where all the white-collar rich kids are downtown, they are very racist, 
hide it, very elitist, very classist. That's what's going on in Canada. So the system of multiculturalism, I think, originated from uh, Pierre Trudeau, uh, is a farce. It is much more dangerous because immigrants and people who, you know, adhere to that and, and, and uh, you know, hail it as a much more progressive system than the melting pot have no idea um, how efficient it is because they are actually, you know, <laughs> they have no idea that they're being manipulated to such an extent because people should understand if you live in a neighborhood, you have more in common with the guy who lives next door to you because you both own the same kind of housing stock. That means you probably have the same kind of income level. You probably have the same kind of family system, um, the same kind of aversion to or um, strengths, uh, basically, of staying in that neighborhood. If it's a high crime neighborhood, you still mentally are about equal in terms of toughness and, uh, you know, self-efficacy as your neighbor, right? But yet, if a Tamil guy is next to a Jamaican guy, he'll always think he's superior. So when it comes to voting or sending a representative to the, from the neighborhood into politics, the Tamil guy is not going to vote for the same guy as the Jamaican guy. They might say hi to each other, but they're all fake when they go home at night. The newer generation, hopefully, will fix this in Canada. That's just one thing about Canada. Um, the first of a whole bunch of things I'm going to talk about. So multiculturalism is complete nonsense. All it does is create ethnocentrism and fractures groups and nowhere is it more visible or more you know in in your face yet everyone's blind to it as in the city of toronto toronto is viewed as oh such a multicultural place it is very elitist very classist very racist except for people in scarborough i would say or in the more racialized neighborhoods so scarborough south etobicoke rexdale on the outskirts but if you go downtown you're just going to get a bunch of spenders and pretenders. Uh, and I'll talk about politics, federal politics, city politics, everything about Canada that is bad. But just a, a preview. Canada invented or came up with and developed a residential schooling system to basically demoralize and destroy the identity of and the culture of the indigenous native population that was here. That residential schooling system was a system uh, set up with two co-conspirators, the Canadian government and the Catholic Church at the time. And it, I can't remember when it ran, but the last residential school in Canada closed uh, just recently, I think 1999 or so. But I'm going off the top of my head. I've got no research, but this is just stuff I've read in the past. And I've got a good memory, but you guys can double check all this. The residential schooling system developed, I don't know, 40s maybe, was studied by the South Africans. And they came, took notes because Canadians had the most efficient form of systemic racism or uh, that could be converted to a national policy, right? A domestic policy for racial segregation. So South Africans came, I guess the Dutch came took notes, asked questions, and then implemented what 
is known as apartheid in South Africa, which is, you know, racial segregation was last in the United States officially, I guess, in 1960s when John Kennedy and uh, Martin Luther King uh, brought it to a halt, right? 1960s, I think 67, around there. That was when officially racial segregation was over. It was never over until 1990s in South Africa. So the whole world was, uh, you know, against South Africa, right? Quote unquote officially, right? Uh, the South African government under PK Bota, I think it is. And it was only when Nelson Mandela was released after 27 years, I think, in prison, and he was the leader of the ANC, the African National Congress, became the president or the leader of South Africa. That day in the mid 90s was when apartheid officially came to an end. Why apartheid lasted for so long is because it was far more efficient and a ruthless a system than the Americans even had in place because the Americans could only last in a kind of world that was progressive until the late 60s. But South Africa, right, a, a, a racist country that is in the continent of Africa, right, was able to hold on to apartheid until the mid-90s when every other country that was colonized in, in Africa was was basically uh, able to shrug off the chains of chains of uh, colonization of colonial um, history by at least maybe the the mid eighties or nineteen eighty, I guess somewhere around there was when like say Zimbabwe gained independence. But at that time, Mozambique, Namibia, Botswana, there were all the surrounding countries, Angola, they were already uh, free countries, right, and had. Uh, uh, you know, African blacks had regained power, but yet South Africa was able to hold on till the mid-90s with obvious help from a lot of undercover uh, people who just pretended that they were against apartheid but were still doing business with South Africa. Right? So obviously the Dutch, Belgium, Israel, U.S., <laughs> um, yeah. so that's one thing, Canada, I'll, I'll go into that, the residential schooling system. Um, they also are huge contributors to pollution with the oil sands in Alberta, but always walk out of the uh, Paris agreements every year saying that they can't abide by certain, um, you know, obligations or certain things that you have to agree to even before the conference starts. So the subject of the oil sands is never actually brought up in the conference because no one's there to defend it so it is skipped and they've been doing that for so many years um, and uh, Canada is basically the Canadian government there's so much stuff behind the backs of its people and I don't know if it's ignorance or just their refusal to believe that this is what's going on but Canada is mostly sold to foreign interests most of its mining rights is going to China now they've used immigrants so many times in the past uh, dangling citizenships in front of them to get, uh, you know, like visa immigrants to come and, you know, go to school and pay triple the, the fees and invest in stuff as investment immigrants in order to get this Canadian citizenship. And that's how Canada's avoided recessionary times. They're not uh, a smart nation in any sense of the word. They're still in resources and mining 
and extraction of stuff from the earth instead of just getting into technology or uh, finance or something like that. Um, they're in 70% of all mining interests in South America, cover up a lot of stuff, leave a whole trail of, you know, environmental damage and just bribe their way out of things. So that's Canada for you. They also have a real two-party system that basically is exactly the same. The liberals and the Democrat, uh, liberals and the conservatives. So similar to the liberals will be like the Democrats in the states, and the conservatives will be like the Republicans. But basically, they're all buddies. They're all in the same sauna at the end of the day, counting their money. The only party, federal party, that's actually could bring a good change to Canada is the New Democratic Party, the NDP, which is always you know, a distant third. That's just some of the stuff uh, Canada's about. And I can explain it even better by providing a kind of microcosm view of it by explaining how Scarborough, a suburb in Toronto that was originally an independent city, was forced to join or amalgamate into the city of Toronto and how Scarborough is predominantly immigrants. We have no say in how our property taxes are used. So we basically contribute all our property taxes and they're used anywhere but Scarborough. And it's because we're just, um, well, stupid. One, um, immigrants. Two, so we just think, oh, it's better than where we were before. We just keep our heads down and keep working while politicians and the rest of the city stealing our money. And we elect People who become very corrupt. City councillors in Scarborough, useless. And Scarborough doesn't have the voting power against the other city councillors in Toronto, even if uh, we try to um, bargain for some, a, a little share of the pie. So yeah, um, just uh, an introduction to Canada. Canada is very kind of undercover racist. They're always polite. And so you never know what they're doing. But I do know, um, you know, just by watching and being here and being in social work now. And originally I was in banking and mortgages, had a finance background. So I've got a good view of the system. So I'll let you guys know if you care about the real Canada. A, right, this is Tito signing out for now. And I guess I'll, I'm going to follow like Bill Burr. Bill Burr is my damn hero. So I'm going to follow his podcasting, which is basically, he doesn't give a fuck. And that's my man. He'll never sell out and neither will I. So yeah, Gary on in the Sangri, if you ever listen to this, um, come on, grow up. I don't know who's buying your shit, but someone is. And I'm an asshole for saying that, but too bad. I don't even want to erase anything or edit anything. This will probably be the last podcast I ever do, but who cares? Love you guys. If anyone listens, this is T.Suck signing out. Yay! My first podcast. You think I'll ever see a dollar from this?